What's going on, man? It's your boy, Jay Holly, and we are back with another episode of Unfiltered with Jesse Holly, episode 62. I know we've been going for a little bit, but we're back. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You are all far too kind. You could have been anywhere in the world, but I am so glad that you are here with me. I am Jesse Holly, the sports talk equivalent of Braille. People feel me when I speak. You guys know how I like to get down. I like to give my motivation in the beginning because let's be honest, a lot of you are not going to be here at the end. And that's okay because like you, like me, I am not for everybody. But before you go, find three episodes. By the time you see this one, 62 of them things will be out there. Log in, listen to it. Like, subscribe, hit the notification button. Do all those great things. But get three ep three episodes, about, about 15 minutes apiece. If you don't like it after those three episodes, find three more. There's enough of them out there. Some good stuff out there, by the way. Interviews, articles, not in articles, but interviews and my thoughts and opinions. Some things are, are, are hot and spicy. Some things are just downright the truth. I'll let you figure it out and you'll sift through that. But go out here, man, and do that. And, uh, and, and keep listening until you can't listen anymore. Listen to all 62. Why not? Take a road trip. Uh, go into a meditation room. Go do Asawasa like uh, like like Aaron Rodgers and just listen to all 62 episodes. But, all right, man, let's jump into this thing and uh, let's get the motivation. Let's do that. Uh, this one is, a, uh, is something that I like. I like a lot. And it just simply reads, turn into a ghost. Hustle, invest, save, disappear. You don't need an audience to achieve greatness. You just need to focus. Turn into a ghost. Disappear. We, at times, in 2024, think we have to broadcast everything on social media. We at times think in 2024 that if it ain't a video, it ain't real. If I ain't posting about it, it ain't real. If I'm not broadcasting it, it ain't real. When a lot of times that takes you away from your focus. Your focus should be on the things that you believe in, the things that you want to achieve. The investment that I'm talking about, it could be property if that's the way you want to go, but the investment is invest in you, invest in your health, invest in your happiness, invest in your goals and your dreams, save, uh, continue to do your hustle, whatever that hustle is. See, sometimes we think a hustle has to be something that we can, sometimes a hustle is gritty. It's grimy. It's working 11 to 7, 11 at night to 7 in the morning to put a little money away for, for, for your next move. Sometimes it's working two and three jobs. Like that's the hustle. That's the investment. Sometimes you got to get ghosts. You got to step away from the light. You got to go into the darkness and come out a new person. You got to be able to step away from the constant posting and the updating. Because let's be honest. A lot of the folks that you posting for and 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 wanting to get likes from, they don't even want to see you successful anyway. 
They wait for you to fail. They wait for you to show your next move so they can say, ha ha, look at you. Didn't work out. Didn't work out. Guess you didn't think you was as dope as you thought you were. Guess you didn't think that you were, whatever it is, to put it back in your face. Nah, turn it to a ghost. Then when you appear, you'll see the shock on their face. They will actually think they saw a ghost. When you reappear with your level of greatness being so high, when you reappear and they and you and you're they're just able to see you in that new house. When you reappear and all of a sudden now you done lost those 35 pounds. When you reappear and all of a sudden now you turn up and you go from being just a, a, a regular round the way girl to a wife. When you reappear and you 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 went from being just a stock boy to now owning the company. When you re they gonna say. <gasps> It looks like a ghost. Nah, this greatness that you didn't think I could achieve. All I needed to do was get a little focus. So don't be afraid to turn into a ghost and disappear in these folks. Because when you reappear with that level of greatness that you've achieved, that you put the work into, they'll be shocked like they saw a ghost. All right, man, let's jump into this episode. Before we go any further, um, I, I, I want to dedicate this episode to a friend of mine who we, who we recently lost, um, Mark Lane. If you follow the Texans, if you follow the Cowboys, uh, if you were on Twitter, Mark was a dude who was relentless in his process. Mark was Mark was like caviar. He was a, he was a unique taste. Mark wasn't for everybody. And what I loved about Mark was it didn't matter the hour of the day, Mark was probably doing something. Texans or cowboy related. Nobody can transcribe an, an interview, uh, a Jerry cut, a Steven cut, whatever. I remember Mark, Mark one time, Mark was in the hospital and he texted me like 12 o'clock at night. Don't know why I was up, but I was up. Normally I'm not up. And he's like, hey, can you do a podcast tomorrow? Uh, I'm in the hospital and I can't do it. I said, well, Mark, I have my pre and post game show that I, I can't. I'm like, dude, the hell with that podcast. Get healthy. <laughs> like, get. But that's where his mind was at. He he was relentless in his um, his approach for greatness. Many of you saw him at the combine where he was dragging around his oxygen and wearing the oxygen uh, in his nose during the combine. But that was Mark. Mark was, I I I I, I was made to work. And so this episode, I dedicate to you, Mark. Uh, thank you for being you. Thank you for being genuine. Thank you for being kind. Uh, thank you for sending note after note, after nugget, after nugget, after uh, statistic, after statistic, and never being like, you didn't give me credit. I gave you that, and you didn't give me credit. All the time, willing to work. Um. I knew that Mark loved Jesus Christ because we talked about it. We prayed about it. 
while he had other things going on in his life, Mark and I would pray. He would ask me to pray for him. We would pray together. He would be on the road going to Arkansas, to Dallas, to Houston, to Ohio. I mean, he was all over the place. So heaven just received one hell of a person. And I know that he'll be transcribing and writing down all the things that Jesus says up there. And to know him is to love him. And so I want to say rest in peace to Mark Lane, brother. We're going to miss you. To his family, my thoughts and prayers are with you. I am deeply saddened by the loss. Um, and there's anything I can ever do for any of you. Monica, his sister, you have my contact. So, uh, yeah, man, rest in, peace to Mark, rest in peace to Mark Lane, man. Appreciate you, brother. Love you, man. And uh, continue to watch down over me uh, from the pearly skies above. All right, man, let's get into this thing. I know that you guys haven't heard from me in a while since uh, Super Bowl. Things have been, we've been moving and shaking, doing different things, and there's a lot happening behind the scenes, but we're working those things out so that you can hear more of me and be a part of more of what we do here at Unfiltered with Jesse Holly. But let's get right into this thing, man, and I'm going to give you my thoughts and my opinions on, on a, a host of different things. Of course, Cowboy Conversation, that's always in the mix. We'll talk about NBA All-Star Game and how I feel about how the players in the league has gone to a place of no return. I, I, I think we are losing ourselves as, as, as not as sports fans, but just as sports culture. We, we, are, we, are, we are teetering into some deep waters that I'm just like, how did we get here? And how the hell do we get ourselves back to a level of sanity in, in, in the NBA and in college football and other places? MLB, pitchers and catchers and teams have reported things are underway. I want to talk about the Anthony Rendon comments. I know a lot of you may have had a chance to, to see them and hear them. I want to give you my perspective and point of view from them as well. But let's start with the Cowboys they have completed their, uh, their defensive hirings. They brought in Mike Zimmer. Uh, Mike, who has already been with the Cowboys in the, in, the, in, the, in the mid to late 90s, was a part of a Super Bowl, coached here for a long time, has gone off and done some other great things, notably being the head coach of the Minnesota Vikings. He's back in Dallas with his staff assembled we know that Dan Quinn is off to the, the, the Washington Commanders. But here's where I'm at when it comes to, to Zim. And I, I, I am not against the hire. I don't know if the hire makes me excited. I am I'm indifferent. I'm indifferent. I'm indifferent in the hire. I don't think it was bad. I don't think it was the greatest hire that we could ever make. I, I'm okay with it. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm all right with it. I'm, I'm a little bit indifferent. I know that Zim brings that old school mentality. And this is where I'll, I'll continue to have these arguments with people. Um, because there is something that, that I, I I never want to be that guy that goes, I played, you didn't play. 
right? I, I never want to be that guy that I was there and you weren't there. So there's a host of people who have opinions, and rightfully so, have your opinion. But I do think when you're talking about the new age football player, and when you're talking about bringing a guy into the fold with a relatively young core, and you're talking about bringing in a guy who even the veteran guys that you have here are not used to this style of coaching. Now, to Zim's credit, he came out in his presser and he says, I get it. I understand. Some guys I know I can, and I'm paraphrasing here, so don't, don't, don't. Like, he didn't say that verbatim. I'm paraphrasing here. But basically, he was saying, I, I know and I understand I've been around this game long enough to know that there are certain guys who I can dog cuss out and they'll be just fine. And there are certain guys who I know I got to put my arm around them and I can't really. But when you're talking about having a sense of urgency, because you got to have a – the Cowboys are in a place right now where there needs to be a level of urgency. There can't be this passive approach because, you know, Mike Zimmer and Mike McCarthy, they're not entering this thing with a long road ahead of them. They're entering this thing where the cliff is right there. And if they don't figure out this thing like ASAP, they're going to get pushed off of it. And I get why Jerry Jones, one of, one of the, and this is my belief, I don't know this as Jerry's thinking, but I do think Jerry was very strategic in wanting to hire a defensive coordinator who had head coaching experience. And the reason being, if he has to make a mid-season change, he would want to go with somebody who understands what it all entails to be a head coach that, that is able to do the day-to-day -day things to get them throughout the season. And so I think that was a part of the intentionality in picking someone who had that, who had that prior head coach experience. And that's why I think ultimately Mike Zimmer was, and not only that, but also Mike Zimmer understands the, the, the gravitas and, and, and the enormity of the Dallas Cowboys. Being here during those glory days in the 90s, understanding and watching it from a distance through all of it, I think Mike Zimmer has probably the best vision if had to uh, make that now and, I, and I, I'm, I'm not saying that he will who who the hell knows he and Mike McCarthy may start this year out and they may be 10 and 0 who knows I do know the Cowboys we have a difficult run next year they have the number one ranked schedule uh, coming into football next year the schedule make the schedule makers can potentially make or break this football team because if you if you got to play Baltimore and the Niners and 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 some other quality opponents, uh, you know, early in the year, and that thing is one in four, one in five. It could be a hook. There could be a hook. But Mike gets his staff together, 
And I think it's a good staff. Of course, brought in Greg Ellis, uh, Paul Gunther. And, and this is the part about, you know, trying to bring in guys that know me, that know my style, that knows my language, that knows my mentality, that knows my attitude, that can be a voice for me in every single defensive room that, that we have. So Zim brings his guys in. This is This is critical. And I think this defensive staff has to hit the ground running because you're not going to have a lot of time to change culture. I'm not saying that culture can't be changed. I find it hard to believe that culture can be changed in six months. There needs to be a culture change. The Cowboys, as they are currently constructed, is a group, I think, both offensively and defensively, who, culture-wise, live a country club life. You've heard the term 53 brands. I agree with it. If you are a Cowboy fan, affiliated with the Cowboys, then you know at every single turn, the 48th, 49th, 50th 50th guy on this roster has autograph sessions, sessions, has shows, has Twitch and TikTok and all, all these different things. Everybody has something that they're selling. And I think the culture of this Cowboys football team is not one that is currently as it's constructed. Built, as you saw, in the playoffs to win a Super Bowl in the future. Now, this is the job that Mike Zimmer has been presented. This is, this is the job that Mike Zimmer has been pre- pre- presented and, and, and as, 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 as someone who's been around this organization as a player and now in the media since 2009, I have seen what it looks like year in and year out. Culture-wise. And so Mike has been asked to come in and try to change the culture and to try to give this team an edge in the playoffs. Now, many people have already come out and they have done breakdowns after breakdowns after breakdowns about what Mike's scheme is, how he'll coach, the coaches that he brought in. All of those things. And I think those things are fantastic. I do. I do. But I I come here, I come here to talk to you and to speak to you on a level of realness. Because we can do the X and O stuff all day long, right? And and there's there's always a time and place for that. I, I, I trust my X and O I more than just about anybody's. So there's time and place for that. But there's also a time and place where we just have to talk about things as they are. Right? The raw, uncut, the unfiltered version of it. And while we can say what kind of coach Mike 
Zimmer is? Is he old school? Is he new school? Will that work? Will that adapt? Here's my concern. And if I'm being honest, here should be your only concern as well. Because we've been through coordinator after coordinator after coordinator, player, top player, not so top player, you name it. We've been through it. Is Mike Zimmer, and I, I, I have to go by what I've seen him do as a coordinator and as a coach. Outside of being a defensive back coach during the time of the 90s when that culture was a little bit different, (laughs) all right? We know who was a part of those 90 teams and what that culture meant. That, that That ain't this and this ain't that. But if we go back, and this is this is this is where my concern is. Is Mike Zimmer and his coaching style and his coaching scheme, and I'm gonna give some grace, and I'm gonna give some room for development, I'm gonna give some room to see. But according to his, I I, I guess. Playoff statistical run. He took over as head coach of the Minnesota Vikings in 2014. And when you look at what Zimmer was able to do in those times. As a head coach. It looks very similar to what the Cowboys have already had. He lost in the wild card in 2015. No playoffs at all in 2016. He lost in the conference championship. At least he got to the conference championship in 2017 to the Philadelphia Eagles. So one playoff win and out. He did a wild card win in in 2019. Lost in a divisional round. Lost in a wild card in 2022. And then he was out. So I'm not saying that Mike Zimmer is not a good coach. I just want to have a sense or a feel that he will be able to get the Cowboys over this hump. Now, it ain't all on Mike. It ain't all on Mike. But because you're the new guy in town, we're expecting, the expectancy is that we can get something greater out of what we have. Now, Mike's going to go and he's going to get more linebackers, and I think that's a must. And maybe some more defensive linemen, I think that's a must. But now you have to gather all of these things because you're going to bring in guys that fit your system. You're going to eliminate some guys from the current roster that were were here under Dan Quinn that may not fit what you do. There may not be a use for them anymore. And now you're going to take your new with that old and you're going to have to marry this thing and have this, uh, this gelling of players and, 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 and trying to get them to 
to, to follow a common theme on what you want going forward. And for your sake, and for Mike McCarthy's sake, I really do hope that it works. I'm, I, I'm not here being pessimistic, but I am here saying, who is that, Sunshine Anderson? She sang a song, heard it all before, all before. We've heard this before. We've heard this with Rod Marinelli. We've heard this with Mike Nolan. We've heard this with Dan Quinn. And the results have been the same. So I'm hoping by the hair on my chinny chin chin that Zim and his and company and his staff that he brought together that they will be able to take this talented. Because you think about it, you think about Deron Bland, of course, Michael Parsons, Tank Lawrence. Uh, uh, you get Trayvon Diggs back next year. Overshone comes back next year. Uh, you, you got Malik Hooker. I mean, you got pieces. You got you, you got guys in the interior, some rotational guys. You're going to draft guys and bring guys in at free agency. Jerry Jones said he's going all in. Said he's going all in. So I'm assuming all in means that you're going to, yes, sign your guys, but you're going to go out there and you're going to be, you're going to be in the A-plus side of free agency. Not the, not, not, not the bottom of the barrel free agency. We'll see. We'll see. I, I was looking at a CBS article, and, and, and the CBS was, was doing, like, coaching staffs for each. He had different coach staff, and, and they had for 2024 to be a defining season. What happens in this upcoming season will directly lead to how we view these staffs. Arizona's in that mix. Buffalo's in that mix. The Broncos are in that mix. The Giants are in that mix. The Jets are in that mix. Tampa Bay is in that mix. Oh, and so is the Dallas Cowboys. And they just put the Cowboys are kind of exactly who we thought they were. They were dominant in the regular season and embarrassed themselves in the playoffs. McCarthy is 42-25 and 25 as a head coach in Dallas, but 1-3 in the postseason. He kept his job this offseason, but he, is just, he has just one more year remaining on his contract. To make matters worse, Dallas lost their defensive coordinator Dan Quinn to the rival commanders and replaced him with 67-year-old Mike Zimmer. Will the Cowboys get over the hump in 2024? What does McCarthy and company have to do to get back in 2025? No one knows. You gotta, at this point in time, you gotta, you gotta play in the Super Bowl. I, I, I don't think anything less than playing in the Super Bowl in New Orleans in 2025. We'll get Mike McCarthy and that staff back. And let's be honest, if Mike gets fired, they're not promoting. Like, if Mike gets fired, at the, we're not going to get fired at the end of the year. His contract expires. If, it, if he gets to the end of the year and his contract expires, they're not bringing in Zimmer. Not, they're not bringing the 67. I don't know who they're going to bring in. It won't be Zimmer. So for all of their sakes, the two Mikes, Mike and Mike, Eminem, they need to have a hell of a year. They need to make this thing work and make this thing work fast. And one of the players that will be the centerpiece of it all is Micah Parsons. Now, Micah recently in some interviews during All-Star Weekend, Super Bowl, uh, NBA All-Star Weekend, 
Micah has kind of been on his press run. Um, and so he sat down with Stephen A. Smith and they, and they had this conversation. And one of the things that Micah talked about was he said during the Super Bowl, he had an opportunity to, he said that he was leaving the hotel to win and he saw Jerry Jones and they, and they, and they talked and Jerry Jones hooked him up and his boys with some more Super Bowl tickets and they sat in the suite and they talked for two or three hours about all things cowboy related. And in that conversation, he talked about, you know, what he appreciated about Jerry Jones was uh, that Jerry was an open owner or GM. And that Jerry kind of took the intake and the intel of players and kind of processed that or at least let them vocalize it. Now, me personally, I don't think Micah Parsons is... Yeah, I think the right word is qualified. I, I don't I don't think Micah Parsons is qualified in in three years. 1632. Um he doesn't have he doesn't have 50 games under his belt. So I don't know if Micah is the guy who is qualified to tell the owner of a team what guys that he needs to put around him. I, I just my from my personal liking, I like a guy that'd be like in year five, right? In year five, maybe you know, maybe a guy who has a you know hundred games under his belt who can really has a sense of how all this works and what's realistic and what's not Madden. Because sometimes we get we get we start playing Madden and we start saying we get him 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 and him, boy, we can go. I don't know if that's realistic. But Micah said he talked to Jerry and 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 if Micah can take anything from Dak Prescott, I want Micah to just sit down and 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 just take a course on leadership. If you can learn anything from O four. It's how to navigate and move because Michael wants to be a star. Like he wants to be the biggest star that is on the Cowboys. I, I, I have no doubt about that. And there's nothing wrong, nothing wrong with that. But with that comes the ability to be able to navigate yourself through the waters of media. And... Micah has to, he has to understand the fine line of being real and saying what he thinks the people want to hear and realizing that I am supposed to be the leader or one of the leaders of this football team. So when Micah comes out, and this is just my personal opinion, and the last time I said that, it got me, <laughs> things went a little bit haywire for me. <laughs> I do think the one thing that Micah kind of, in my personal opinion, is when you say things like, yeah, I told Jerry or I told Jay that we need or I need a a 300-pound defensive lineman and you start naming names. Or when you say I need a linebacker and you start naming names and you start talking about and comparing to other teams. I think the thing that, and when you say it publicly, like you, you don't say it in a private conversation or in your group chats or pillow talking with your lady. 
You see it with Stephen A. Smith. That's national. That's going to get around. I think the thing that he doesn't realize is feel how you feel. This is talking to the fans. Mozzie Smith heard that. How does that relate to Mozzie Smith? Big Hank and stepped on the scale the next morning and go, last I checked, I was 330. How was that received? When you start saying things and you start putting players' names on that, like you said about Tank Lawrence, how was that now received in the locker room? And this is the part that can get very, very contentious. Especially when you're dealing with men with egos. Because I do believe, as a person who was in the NFL, rather brief, I get it. But never mistaken, and my pension is fully, I'm fully, I'm fully vested. Okay? So why y'all might have y'all jokes, I am fully vested. When I get 65, ooh, catch me at the, catch me at the, the golden corral. Because I'm letting them dollars fly when I get to that pension. You hear me? Just saying. All the grandmas and they're going to be like, ah, go ahead, Jesse, on the meatloaf. Yeah. Yeah, get the meat, get the meatloaf, Beatrice. Yeah. Get the meatloaf, Glenda. What you want? They got shrimp. It's on me. It's on Jay Holly. That NFL pitcher coming through. I'm a millionaire at 61. Turn up. I get this every month for the rest of my living life. Golden Corral for, on, on me. On Zaddy. On G Zaddy. Yeah. Yeah, you could get some crab legs, girl. Anyway. <clears throat> sorry. Back to uh, what I was saying. <laughs> But he has to be mindful that when you begin to open up, and I get it, like some people want to hear that, but you have to take a moment and say, but there's guys in the locker room who I may have just alienated. Because if, you're if, if Micah is telling Jerry that I need a 350-pound defensive lineman, while all of that, two things can be true. Two things can be true. You just told Hankins, you just told Mozzie Smith, yeah, I don't really care about your job. You just told whoever was playing linebacker that essentially I'm going to the boss and telling the boss, to replace you because because all of them can't exist they all can't exist so while it may not be Hankins it may not be Mozzie because now you start going down the order well if Mozzie was a first round pick last year they're not going to get rid of him in, in year one or year two going into year two then that means Neville Gallimore or someone else now because you want them to bring in another dude well hell you only got 48 spots on game day Somebody got to lose a job. 
Now I get that the roster get turned over every single year, but when you say it and you're that direct, that has an impact on the guy that you have to now go to battle with. And I think sometimes that doesn't, because you can say, you can, and this is the part where I'm saying, like, you don't have to answer every question that's asked to you. Sometimes keeping it real can actually go wrong. So while we, as, as, as a public, as a fan base, understands and knows, yeah, Mozzie didn't cut it. Guess what? I can say that. Mozzie ain't my teammate. Mozzie ain't my friend. Mozzie ain't a guy that I looked at and worked with. So when you say that, I think sometimes you don't realize it's a direct correlation and a direct impact to the guys that are in the locker room. Now, what, what will begin to happen is guys will start saying, well, dang, he called me out. Now, every time you don't show up, they're going to say, well, hell, he called me out. Look at him. Because if we're being honest, we there there is always this unspoken knowledge and 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 conversation and rule that you know that everybody can't stay. Everybody can't be on the roster every single year. But that's not for you to say publicly. Because if I'm a teammate, I'm saying, damn. He went, he told Jerry that? He he publicly just said, I told Jerry, here are the things that I need, that we need, that I want to play around. And I need these, I need these things added to the roster. Well, I went to public high school. Shout out to the University of North Carolina. It's a public university. And I ain't the brightest bulb in the box. But they ain't adding no more roster spots to the 53-man. So in order for you to add, there needs to be some subtraction. Am I, am I, am I, is my, is my math mathing? So when you say that, what you need, and you're being as direct as you are, there's guys in the rocker room that you're supposed to be leading. Now, maybe you feel like, well, the hell with them. But I don't think you feel that way. I just think sometimes we need to kind of just sometimes just take a moment to think about what you're going to say because sometimes being real ain't being right. Especially if you're going to be a leader in that locker room and now you want those guys to go into a foxhole with you. That's the part that people miss. You can't say that publicly and then expect me to go and put my body on the line for you unconditionally. I know it's my job, but there's, a, there's an extra level of oomph. 
There's an extra level of of drive, and and people can say, well, that's dumb, that's stupid, whatever. It's the, it's the way it is. If I'm just your teammate and we're associates, I'm doing my job. I'm doing my job. If we kind of got a friendship and we cool, I'm willing to go that extra mile. But if I love you and you my brother and we like this, I'm ready to go through a wall for you. No questions asked. I'm ready to ride. But that can't be when you call me out publicly. And you try to replace me. So. I just think that that's something that that and, and honestly, and, and aside from Micah saying and telling Jerry what he was, I, I just think it, let's scout do what they do. Like, they play Will McClay a lot of money to go and do what he does. We saw what happened when Jerry, and that's the one thing I will say. We know we say that Jerry is kind of this dictator and he's like King John un when he's really not. Jerry listens to everybody. And that, at times, is the biggest problem with the Cowboys. Is that so many people get a chance to have an input. And when you have that many voices and that many minds and that many people pouring into a decision, it at times doesn't become a sound one. Which then in return leaves you with draft picks and players that you cannot use. So whether it's from a player, whether it's from a coach, whether it's from a friend, I, I think sometimes... You need to let those who are professionals do what they are paid to do. Will McClay is not paid to coach defense, coach offense, to train people in the weight room, to take people in the training room, to get uniforms ready for game day. Will McClay is paid and is designed and is worked to scout and bring in players. When you let him and his staff, whether it be locally, regionally, nationally, however they want to do it, let those guys pick the players. Kind of tell them what you want on the grocery list. Let them go find them. Kind of works out better that way. And one guy who needs to kind of have things work out better for him. Yeah, we talk about Dak. Dak's in this. The great Danny White. He 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 had another. He, he was. What did he win the other day, Tay? What did he? What did he won an award, right? What was it? What was his? What was he in town for? Uh, Davey O'Brien. Davey O'Brien. And that went to Jaden Daniels. Right? Jay From Daniels. LSU. Jay Daniels, this year's winner. This year's winner. But Danny's, Danny's legends. Legends, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. So Danny's in town. They're doing this award. Jaden Daniels wins it, the Davey O'Brien Award, the best, what is it, like the best college football uh, quarterback in college football. And of course, Danny White. And people want to get the opinion of Danny White when it comes to cowboy related things, and of course, when it comes to cowboy related things in the quarterback. You can go to Fanatic Views to find out his entire uh, interview because, Tay, you got him, right? Go to Fanatic Views and, and look at that. He, you, you asked a question. And what was the question that you asked? Just advice for Dak. 
What's the advice for what? What Danny White? What was the advice that you give to Dak Prescott? And he went on uh, a few minute kind of you know diatribe and and and, and explain what he said. But it was one quote that I, it stuck out to me when I heard it. My ears perked up and I, whoa. Danny White said, "If I was giving Dak advice, my advice would be this: Don't change a thing." Danny White went on and said, Dak is the last guy who needs to change. Now, I get it. I I think Danny White is, um, there is, there is a brotherhood amongst quarterbacks, in any position. Quarterbacks will protect quarterbacks, running back will protect running backs, receivers, and so on and so forth, right? There is a long lineage of brotherhoodness of guys in the position, right? Like Randy Moss won't let you call receivers a diva. Oh, he'll say, no, 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 no. We just feel. Dion won't let you say that cornerbacks don't do whatever. So there's always this brotherhood of of those legends they're always protecting their position. And I think this was Danny's doing here. I think Danny's protecting the position. Now, it's, it's weird that Danny would say that nothing should change because I, I, while Dak has had a great year and a, and a really good career, Dak is going to, into year nine. Now, I don't think there's much that Dak can change in year nine. And I do believe that football is the ultimate team sport but something has to change. At least in the playoffs, right? Danny should understand that. D- Danny, Danny's 5-5 five five in the playoffs. Danny's been to two NFC Championship games and is lost. Danny doesn't have any rings. So I think in his, in his voicing to protection of Dak Prescott, it's, yeah, I get it. But there is something more that he has to do. Because what he has done in the playoffs, in the playoffs, hadn't been enough. I get it. It's an ultimate team game. I need receivers to run better routes. I need line to protect. I need da 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 I get it. You are the highest paid player on the field. You think the Chiefs win the Super Bowl and they don't got 15 out there? He made it. He 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 did something different. He was different. In the moments when they needed him to step up and be the best mofo on that football field, guess what he did? He was the baddest joker out there. He did it with his legs. He did it with his arms. He did it on arm, not arms. His arm. He did it with his mind. He was the difference. It is what it is. And that's why he's a three-time Super Bowl winning champion. So I do think Dak has to do something different. What? I don't know. But there needs to be an elevation to his game in those big moments. 
There needs to be a presence. Like I made, I I I made, and I I got I got to stand on this. In my Super Bowl prediction, I made. I made a grave mistake. I bet against Jordan in the finals. I went against football Jesus in the Super Bowl. I let my mind venture to the fact that this team is an overall better team and coaching and da-da-da-da-da. And I neglected the fact that on the other side of the football field was Jesus in high-top cleats. And boy, was I wrong. Got to give Tay credit. He said, he said, I'm going, I'm going with, um, he said, I, I'm with you. It's a tight situation. But I'm going with Matt Patrick Mahomes. And I, I gave him all the logisticals and I gave him all the math and I gave him all the data and rosters and all, I gave him all this kind of stuff. Damn near convinced him. I damn near convinced him. As we were walking, he said, uh, you might have, you might have, you might have. He texted me later on and said, nah, I'm going to go with 15. And I was like, oh, well, uh, 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 you know, you talk baseball? I talk football. This team is better. And I, 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 I'm going to stand on business. And Jesus and high top cleats said, I don't give a damn about the business you're standing on. I'm the baddest joker walking on earth. I am him. When they say Elohim, I am Elohim. That's what Patrick Mahomes, I am Elohim. And he showed us. And that's the thing that Dak has to do in those moments of the playoffs. Even when the defense isn't going right, you can't come out the gates and be just bleh. You gotta elevate your game. You got to bring cats along. You got to get in and out the right place. You got to be able to call things and those. You got to be so locked in and so ex, so uh, um, so eloquent and 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 have such execution in what you do that it doesn't matter what happens around you. You God and Jordan one cleats. Patrick Mahomes said, I don't care about a lead. If you give me the football with the game on the line, I am Elohim. And he showed it to us again. And let me be on record saying this. <laughs> let me be on record saying this going forward. I ain't betting against Jesus and Cleats no more. If it's if playoffs, playoffs, if it's Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs, Pat said, no problem. Oh, yeah, I said I couldn't go on the road. No problem. Not only will I go on the road, but I'm going to go through the toughest gauntlet you got. I'm going to I, I, play Miami at home. Everyone thought Miami was a Super Bowl contender. No problem. God, take care of them. 
I'm going to go to Buffalo in the snow. Josh Allen. Don't worry. I'm him. I'm him. Then we're going to have to go and face the vaunted bad boys of Baltimore. Don't worry. I got it. And then we're going to play the boombox boys. Not a problem. I'm him. So when Danny White talks about nothing has to change, something has to change. Dak has to get. Get on my level, ho. Get on my level. You ain't. Hey, never, ever. Ever, ever. Ever, ever. Get, you got to get on a level. You got to get on a level. And you're about to get 60 million per. You damn sure about to get on that level. Or we'll be sitting here next year and it'll be, and the Cowboys had a talented roster and all of that, but it is what it is. All right, man, let's jump around the sports world. NBA All-Star Weekend just happened. And I got to be honest with y'all. What an embarrassment. What an abomination of a weekend. I, I, you know, I still think uh, 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 Manford is the worst commissioner of all the sports, North American sports. But Adam Silver, you right there, brother. You right there. This all-star weekend, all-star games and, 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 and things that come along with it, it is gooch juice. And, and I don't know, like, what a joke. What an absolute joke. You have the greatest basketball players in the world. And I'm not saying that you got to play like this to NBA Finals. But damn. I remember Kobe talking about God rest Kobe. I know Kobe looks at the All-Star game from heaven. He's disgusted. Just disgusted. Slamming his holy nachos. And Kobe said, I've seen... I've seen more competitive games, pickup games, at UCLA in the summertime than I do in the All-Star game. And maybe, uh, maybe I'm, I'm, I'm the old man, get off my lawn. Because I'm, I'm looking for a little bit of competitiveness. 211 points? It's a layup line. So that's a layup line. And you can even hear the players talking. I don't know where we've come. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how we've gotten here. But we have more players who don't want to play the game of basketball than I've ever seen a day in my life. All you hear about is, oh, we need less games, no back-to-backs, no all. I've never seen guys get paid this much money and don't want to play the game. When did this start? Who is the blame for this? 
NBA players have every single thing that they could ever need for rest and recovery at their fingertips. You travel in 747, 737 Jets with just, it's only 15 players on the roster. Add another eight or nine coaches and some staff. You're talking about, you're talking about maybe 40 to 50 people fly on the plane to these games? All the seats are first class. You got more than enough leg room. Then when you land, you stay in at five-star hotels. When people come to Dallas, they stay at the Crescent. If you've ever been to Dallas, go by the Crescent. Hell, Google the Crescent. It ain't, it ain't your local Holiday Inn. And they damn sure ain't leaving the light on for you. Unless you got a lot of money. You have masseuse. You have acupuncture. You have chiropractic. You have boots. You have chambers. You have aqua. You have cold tubs, ice tubs, cryotherapy, hot tubs. You name it, you got it. You got dentist. You got uh, you got uh, eye people. You got everything. Yet still, you don't want to play at all. It's the craziest. Like I, I, I will probably never watch another All Star game as long as I live. You had, you got Oscar Robinson, and if if most of you don't know what Oscar Robinson's co- contribution was thirty years ago to the All Star game, go, go go Google it. Go look it up. Go look it up. You got him and Larry Bird and Andre Iguodala having to go in the locker rooms before the game and basically. Bad guys. Bad guys to compete. Saying, guys, we got to put on a show. Because if we don't, this <laughs> people going to start checking out on this thing for good. I'm one of them. Guys don't want to play. Regular season, they don't want to play. All-star, they don't want to play. When do y'all want to play? Tell me. When do y'all want to play? Y'all want to make hundreds, and I'm I'm all for players making money, but I'm also for, damn, guys, play. Play. And then the dunk contest, oh, could throw up. Here's my solution to the dunk contest. You ready? Here's my solution. Find a sponsor. Sprite, Starry, Kia, State Farm, Apple, I don't care. Find a sponsor. Hundred thousand dollars, two hundred thousand dollars, whatever it is. Then I want you to go city to city, and find the street dunkers, the real dunkers, the ones who really could put on the show. And it will be nice if you can find those in different cities, right? And then those that you find in different cities, you 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 bring them together, and you say. I'm going to pair you now with an NBA superstar. Dunker, you're from L.A.? Great. LeBron James, you're now his sponsor. And now you're dunking for Team James. You're in uh, New Orleans? Great. Zion Williams, you're now his dunk coach. Dunker, you're playing for Team Zion. And I get a host of those guys. And I bring them together, and I say $100,000 to the winner, $50,000 to that player's charity, whatever, how we want to do, one hundred fifty, dollars whatever, how we want to break it down. And you let those jokers dunk. 
Because watching Jalen Brown jump over Kai Kinnett and then do the D Brown after he's on his way down to the ground, what garbage. The best part of All-Star Weekend was Steph Curry in a three-point shootout with Sabrina Inescu. <laughs> what a joke. Not that three-point shootout, but just All-Star Weekend. I, 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 it's the worst. It's the worst. NFL is done with their super, Stop. This, this needs to go. I'm at the point in time now while I'm done with any. Just play Madden. Just play NBA 2K. Just, just give the, just give the awards and give them a free weekend. Just, just do that. Just give them the awards. Hey, you, 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 you're all NBA. I mean, you're, you're, you're an all star. We're not doing anything. Um, just get the word. You got a weekend off. Because to put that out there is absolutely garbage. Uh, in the world of baseball, baseball has begun. The weather has changed. Pitchers and catchers and other people have reported. I mean, we're getting to this baseball thing, but. The one thing that has come out that people have been talking about has been this comment of one Angels baseball player, Anthony Rendon. If you're a Rangers fan, you know for a long time the Rangers wanted Anthony Rendon to come here. Maybe you dodged a bullet, maybe you didn't. But Anthony Rendon has one of the richest contracts in Major League history. Problem is, boy, boy, just can't stay healthy enough to play the game. And some people have said that with Anthony Rendon, the, one of his issues is baseball is the last thing that he wants to do day to day. And so he's had these comments, and I want to read these comments, and, and I, want, I want to give my perspective, but I also want to hear your perspective. Leave it in the chat. Hit me up on Twitter, at Mr. Fortin Long. Leave it in the YouTube chat, whatever it is. But on Monday, Anthony Rendon was speaking to reporters after Angel's practice. And he made one thing very, very clear. Now, take this with a grain of salt. Uh, there is no video, this context of it, but, but just hear it out. Now, sometimes the message isn't received well because of the messenger. Would you say? Right? If, 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 if uh, who, who, who's the MLB darling? Trump. Mike Trout. Teammates. Another often injured guy. If Mike Trout said, you know, baseball's my job. I do this to make a living. My faith, my family, they come before this job. It might be received like, you know what? There's a guy with perspective. If, 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 uh, I don't know, you name it. If, 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 Whoever. Sometimes the message in itself gets a little bit distorted because of the messenger. So on Monday, Anthony was asked, he, he made one thing very clear. It says, uh, an act about the importance of baseball. And Anthony said, it's never been a top priority for me. This is a job. I do this to make a living. My faith, my family come before this job. Now, when you hear it, when you just hear that, initially you probably go, ugh, you cringe. Then they asked and they said, when asked if it was a priority at all, Rendon replied, oh, it's a priority for sure. 
because it's my job. I'm here, aren't I? So when you hear those two comments and you think about Rendon, who's 33 years old, he's played in just 200 of the possible 546 games during his Angels tenure. He hasn't appeared in more than 58 games in the season after suffering a season injuries midway through each of the last three years. So when you hear those comments, I get it. You, you, you initially cringe. He signed a seven-year, $245 million contract before the 2020 season. And his contract is still set to make more than $115 million over the next three seasons. Now I ask myself the question. Does Anthony Rendon have a point? And again, this is a guy who hasn't played more than half of the games available to him over the last three seasons. He'll get paid at the end of the seven-year contract, $245 million. But when he says it's not a top priority for me, I ask myself, you guys, on your jobs, on your nine-to-fives, whether you're managers, supervisors, CEOs, vice presidents, COOs, or just every J. Joe blows. Take the money out of it. And I know that's a huge number to take out of it. But is your job a top priority to you? Or is your faith or your family more important? But I also looked at this and I said to myself, We know a lot of players, pick a league, NHL, MLB, NBA, NFL, MLS. We know a lot of talented dudes, and I've said this a couple shows ago, who like what the game brings but does not like the game. That's a fact. There are a ton of dudes who like what the game brings but does not like the game. And I don't know if Anthony Rendon is saying this, but we have to ask ourselves the question. I think we want our athletes to hold their jobs because there's a money line attached to it. We want, to, we, want, we want them to make that their God. We want them to make that their end-all, be-all because, right, you buy tickets, you pay for tickets, and you come to these games, and you want them, you want your feelings to be felt by them. You want them to say, I, you got this, 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 and this, and I want I feel this way, so you should too. You feel that their job that they do should be a top priority. And I ask myself, do you feel that way about your job? Or is Anthony Rendon one of those players that are just like, you know what? I like what the game brings, but I don't really like the game. It's a question that we have to ask ourselves. And if someone took those same words, someone that we beloved, that was beloved, someone that we, 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 we held on a pedestal and said the same thing, would your reaction be the same? Or because of Rendon, and now Rendon, maybe it's true. Maybe he can give 
two craps. And you have some of his old teammates said, this is one guy who don't care about baseball. He just so happened to be really good at it. I think it was Jonathan Papelbon was on a podcast, and he said, man, this dude was so talented. He's just talented, but he don't give a damn about the game. He doesn't care. He just so happened to be extremely gifted. I know a bunch of guys like that. I, I, I leave it to you guys. You tell me what you think. All right, man, that's going to do it for me. Uh, I had a college football segment that we'll do. We'll save that. Eh, it's not going anywhere. College football is screwed. College athletic is screwed. I'm just telling y'all. College athletics, screwed. Screwed. Athletics in general, screwed. Jacked up. I I'm telling you, we're, we're getting to a point of no return in college athletics. I'll break that down on the next episode. I'll, I'll leave a little bit for that. Let's tease you a little bit. So you got to come back. I'll, I'll give you a little bit of that because this this college athletic thing is is NIL and transfer portal. We're screwed. We we I don't know if we can ever come back from this. We might be at a point where maybe the Big Ten, the Big Twelve, and the SEC, Big Big Twelve, Big Ten, and the SEC may have an answer. I don't know. I I think we're screwed. But that that'll be safe for next time. That's all I got for you guys, man. I'm glad to be back. I'm glad that you're back. I'm glad that we're back together. I love you. I really do. Um, you guys know what you got to do. Like, subscribe, hit the notification button. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Unfiltered with Jesse Holly. We back. We back outside. We doing some things. We working. We working. We getting it. We, we moving. We're grooving. I'm going to keep bringing that heat. Whether y'all like it or not. I know. I ain't talking to y'all fans. I'm talking to the haters. I know some of y'all don't like me when I bring that heat. But it is what it is. Fight me. Don't fight me. We don't, this show doesn't condone violence. We don't condone violence, but we understand it. Like uh, uh, Keith Lee said, I will defend myself. That's what you got to bring the care into my eyes. I will defend myself. No. I love you guys, man. No beef. No beef with anybody. Just know I don't forget anything. Petty Jess is always lurking somewhere. All right, man. I'm out of here, man. Remember... Never let anyone tell you that their lives is better than yours because it is your life. Turn into a ghost and then just pop up successful. Let's go achieve that greatness.